Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. I am really enthused to have today someone that's blazing the trail in the medical field. She's the chief medical officer at Tenet Health. She's also the Harvard School of Public Health. She's a Harvard School Public Health instructor and program director, uh, Dr. Sumya Viswanathan, uh, and sorry if I've butchered that a little bit, but um, uh, Sumya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making time. It's great to have you on and probably want to correct me on the pronunciation. If I, I try to get that right, I try to practice it a couple times, but uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great for being having you on here. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Um, you you are almost there, Dr. Somia Viswanathan. So, uh, okay. uh, almost there. So perfect. It's an, it's not an easy name. So thank you very much for inviting me to the show. Um, yeah. Really, really excited to hear about the fact that you're doing a show on uh, what is impactful in healthcare these days. No, th- well, I much appreciate, and, and no, thank you, and I, I really appreciate your work in this field you're in it you've been doing it a a lot and you know you you obviously um have devoted yourself to this this field but i guess you know start us off from the beginning or take us back transport us back teleport us back to to some of the some of the series of events that you went through tell us a little bit about your origin story so um let me start out a little bit with my my journey in healthcare, my current role, and you know how I got integrated into what is important and what's pertinent in uh, the healthcare currently, and what is in store for us in the future. Um, so I am an internal medicine doctor by profession, and uh, I have continued clinical practice all along, uh, even as I went into management and leadership roles. Uh, my focus had been primarily in the direction of making sure that organizations, healthcare organizations, whether it's hospitals or it's on the payer side or it's on the clinic side, like the ambulatory clinic setting, uh, that we focus on providing the highest quality care in the most financially sustainable manner. So while there has been tremendous drive um in moving towards taking care of communities and taking care of people, making them the owners of their own health care, we also realize that it is not financially sustainable to put in as much resources from one single entity, whether it's a hospital or whether it's the insurance company or whether it's the, it's the clinic setting, to say, well, we are going to provide you all kinds of resources for you as patients, as our customers, as our clients, to take care of your health. So seeing it from the patient side, I felt like while it's nice to have all these resources, I also felt like, you know, we we have some ownership into that. So what drove me to really look into how do I improve quality? I realized that the gap that we were looking at is twofold. Everybody was talking about quality and the gaps that we felt was how do we make it financially sustainable for all entities, all organizations involved? And how do we operationalize this? Execution of what we want to do is always a difficult job. So those were those were the areas that I felt were important and I was I became passionate about trying to roll out programs for clinical operations and clinical integration. 
Now, really, really exciting programs you've ro been rolling out, right? And and so I really appreciate your background and for sharing um, what you've been doing. Lots in quality, right? And you're you're doing some interesting framework work. Um, you're giving context to pop health. You're giving context to what 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 quality in the modern healthcare world means. Can you elaborate a little bit more on on your work and I guess your passion behind it? Like, tell us about. Tell us about the work and the topics that you're working on, why you're working on these, but just love to understand a little bit more depth on what you've been doing today. You know, what really has you, has you captivated today? So one of the things that I, I'll give you a, a short framework of, uh, you know, the actual uh, program description itself, mm -hmm. uh, especially pertaining to what we are coming up as a curriculum for the Harvard program. Um, our program is basically going to be targeted and tiered as two modules. One is going to be an open enrollment course that talks about, you know, what's happening in the U.S. healthcare landscape these days. And as I work with um, uh, Professor John McDonough, who mm -hmm. is leading uh, the ECPE division of Harvard School of Public Health, and he has done extensive work in this arena where he has said, you know, let's focus on four, uh, four of our entities or four of our groupings. The four groupings are look at every problem that we have, whether it's a community based problem, a healthcare based problem, or even a social determinant of health like smoking or, or, uh, or, um, uh, epidemics that's happening. Right. So he says, look at it from the patient perspective, look at it from the payer perspective, the provider perspective and the public and the public basically are large organizations. And you have heard so much in the news these days about the Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, JP Morgan entity, the healthcare division that they have come together and put together. Um, a lot of large companies are now bringing up their own healthcare division. Um, everyone is starting to have a healthcare division, like Dell is having a healthcare division on artificial intelligence. I know Google Health has come out and Apple Health is coming out. Mm -hmm. So these large companies are the public entities. And every focus of our attention is going to be how are each of these entities contributing to the betterment of health in the community? Mm -hmm. So with that said, what we did was we did an open enroll. We are running an open enrollment course that will in, in involve bringing in healthcare leaders from all across uh, the world, basically, from different facets of healthcare, whether it is hospital industry or whether it's an insurance market or it's the government agencies like legislators mm -hmm. or it's a pharmaceutical industry um, or technology. You have a lot of uh, healthcare leaders in technology who are responsible for the new wave of blockchain and artificial intelligence movement that's happening in healthcare. So that is one, which is usually a two days, two and a half day uh, conference that people register is usually occurring uh, occurs in the summer. We are now going to roll out such a program which will focus on population health and value-based care. Um, again, focusing on um, operationalizing and executing on these. The other one is a custom-based program. The custom-based program will be uh, focusing on a specific company or an organization or a foundation or a legislation. So let me give you an example. The state legislation 
of uh, of um, um, the Medicaid arm of a specific state could come out and say, well, we want to roll out such a program. And in, the, in order for us to roll out such a program, we need our healthcare leaders educated about how to exactly do this. We want to roll a program in the community. It could be anything. It could be uh, containment of tuberculosis and Ebola in by World Health Organization, for example. Or it could be one of the Medicaid states in our country that says, well, we have a huge epidemic of diabetes and smoking and obesity. We want to take care of this, but we want to make sure our healthcare leaders are primed to doing this in a financially sustainable manner and really executing on these programs. So then our program will then redirect them on uh, specific areas that they need to learn and they need to gain experience in through workshops and through case-based study methods. So as you know, Harvard is heavy on case-based study methods. So we create cases. We have logs and logs of cases that we fall back on and we do the teachings. And then we do projectization and workshops that we let people take into account to deliver on the projects in a timely manner, in a scheduled manner. So this is usually a focused group. And the custom-based programs are usually for one company. We go and we will understand the company, what they are up to, what they are doing, and what is their purpose? What is the strategic direction they want to take their, their next level to? And then come out with what are the measurable outcomes they want to focus on. Then we help them achieve those targets through specific targeted curriculum-based teachings. And the curriculum usually will include things like, you know, first we start out with behavior, organizational behavior, because we have to make sure that we understand the culture of the organization and the people we are going to be teaching or training. And then we talk about strategy because they have to be up and uh, up and understanding about um, competitive forces in their market. What are the changes in the payments that are coming through from the payers and many things like this. And the third one is really teaching them about operations. We want to make sure they understand operations. And the fourth piece to this is financials. As you know, finance doesn't come easily to everyone. And healthcare leaders in general, unless they are MBAs to begin with, or they have been in finance, it's not easy for a physician, for example, to just pick up and say, okay, I know how to do cost accounting. I know that if I invest in physical therapy here and something, the other end of the bubble is going to burst. People don't think that way. Physicians don't think that way. So we have to make sure that the healthcare leaders are trained to understanding cost accounting and financial accounting. So that will be a portion, big portion of this. And and um, uh, finally, uh, we will also be including the technology piece because that has become the mainstay of uh, where healthcare is uh, trending now uh, in terms of innovation. We have heard so much about um, robotic surgery and artificial intelligence in many ways, right? Pathology and radiology seems to be going in that direction significantly. There's a lot of um, computerization and technology-based innovations that are coming out in healthcare that people need to wrap their arms around. So we want to make sure they understand that. There will be a slim piece of the payer side as well to mix all of this into it uh, mm -hmm. as we are all evolving as a country on how the payers are going to be paying us into the future. We want to make sure that people are aware of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is really fascinating. So it's really exciting to see you're putting context around 
this new value-based world that we're doing and putting a curriculum in place, you know, for it, it to come from Harvard, super powerful. The curriculum and the content sounds exciting. It's a blend, right, of all the different principles and forces you mentioned, um, which feels very comprehensive. Um, for our new healthcare leaders to have orientation like this is pretty powerful. So just to clarify, this is this is going to be like a curriculum, a course over how long and who is it ideally for? Is it like for, do you have to be a physician? Do you have to be a healthcare leader? Do you have to, what, you know, what type of backgrounds do you really need? Um, who qualifies for it? Who should be attending this? Uh, and how, how long does it last? When's the next one? When's, when's it start? Just want a little more context of, of the programming. Um, at this time, the open enrollment is pretty much a wider audience. A lot of times it's um, several, I, I can't say, you know, a lot of open enrollment courses at Harvard average about 50 to 100 people in the mm -hmm. audience. So it's uh, in that time and because it's a shorter duration, it's just two and a half, two to two and a half days. A lot of times it's a, it's a wider audience. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it is uh, focused on healthcare leaders of different um, uh, different capacities. We do look at healthcare leaders who have been in a leadership role, probably at the C-suite level and vice president, senior vice president level, because we want to make sure that when people take on this leadership course, um, that they, they have authority in the health systems they are working in to move projects. We want to make sure that when they take these teachings, it's not that they come to a standstill because they are grounded uh, from lack of resources and they do not have authority to move projects. So we want to make sure that we are catering to the top level in management for these courses. Uh, does not have to be physicians only. Um, we can have healthcare leaders who have led organizations who are non-physicians also. Um, we do have a link and I'm happy to share that link if you want, um, which gives you a lot of information about this. Maybe um, send it out to you mm -hmm. um, afterwards so you can yeah. share it um, in some form or <laughs> manner. Oh, yeah. I think that will divert attention to a lot of people who are interested in looking at this. I want to go. Examples. I want to go. It sounds fun. You know, I, hopefully I can be allowed in. Um, I, exactly the only letters cool. I got behind my name are, uh, or uh, I've got an MBA. So hopefully I'm allowed to get it. I really want to go. Absolutely. It's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, Terrific. Yeah. So we're, we're you know, we, we are looking at it from a completely different angle because as you may have heard, a lot of people when they, when, when they talk about population health, everyone starts with the basics, right? And it's okay. It's good to start with the basics right. to say what is population health? Um, what does it mean? What is the community we are serving? You know, we're still at that level. And we need to move beyond that to say, let's start executing on some of these things. So I'll give you an example. When uh, we were, when I was working at Dartmouth Hitchcock, um, uh, we had um, a joint venture between Dartmouth Hitchcock, three community hospitals. Dartmouth Hitchcock is an academic medical center. Um, and we had three community hospitals and a payer, uh, Harvard, Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, which is an, an insurance company. And the three entities had a joint venture. We formed a company, a company was formed called Benevera Health. Hmm. 
So Benavera Health basically functioned like the population health company because if you think about it, Harvard, an insurance company which provides insurance to multiple, multiple millions of people in that state and beyond. And then you have an academic medical center which is focused on their population. Then we had three unrelated community hospitals just sitting around in that community who were invested in driving change and driving similar outcomes for that region. So that was a classic example of how a population health management company could be formed between three different entities. I love it. I love it. Um, oh. No, really super, super fascinating. So, so yeah, the formation of that is pretty, pretty interesting. Really, really good stuff you're working on here. I'm curious, what other, what, so between Tenet, between your work at Harvard, you're seeing some probably some other intriguing elements in healthcare. What else is going on that, that has your attention, optimism, energy these days? Um, it's uh, artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. innovations in technology. So mm-hmm. while I'm, I am a big fan of uh, the changes that we are making with electronic health records and, uh, uh, you know, whether it's Epic or Cerner or mm-hmm. some of the other, you know, electronic health records that are out there, it's um, moving it forward beyond that, right? So mm-hmm. making it, so what, what I see both ends of the spectrum while we attend all these big conferences, HIMSS and others, where so many technology vendors are there, the percentage of physicians, clinicians who actually attend these electronic health record or HIMSS conferences, it's small. It's a pretty small percentage. And we want to make sure that physician leaders are enthusiastic about attending these technology conferences because we want them to embrace it. I think we are at a, mm-hmm. in, at a tenuous stage right now where technology has been has been uh, uh, it, it has been downloaded on the physicians, I want to say. So we are at the stage where physicians are still grappling with how do they allocate enough time so they embrace technology, they use it effectively for good quality patient care, at the same time not get burnt out because they are looking for work-life balance. They want to make sure that they have enough time with their families. So they don't want to really, you know, they are hesitant about completely taking on technology. They are kind of saying, okay, we'll embrace it, but give us some space. Right. So I I feel like we are at the cusp of a beautiful transformation where technology is going to be eventually helping physicians and clinicians to deliver better care for patients. It's just how we are transporting those ideas to the clinical field. We we have to do it um, strategically and take calculated risks while doing this. So AI for me is a big deal. Um, I, I'm a big fan of robotic surgeries, minimally invasive surgeries, which has led the way now. Um, we find more and more people who are getting surgery done, going home the same day. We all know knee surgeries, which used to be a hospitalization for two or three days, are now being done as same-day procedures. Mm -hmm. Appendix removal is being done as a one-day or less than one-day, 24-hour procedure. There are many minimally invasive where they don't make big incisions. They just go in with uh, a scope and they get the surgery done and they are home. Mm. Radiology imaging, you know, a lot of uh, AI work is being done behind uh, tons and tons of data. It's accumulation of data, analyzing the data in a short period of time and giving us 
pretty good results, pretty decent results. Whereas manually, we know how much work we had to go into it to get that information. So this is really taking up a lot of my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have, um, I do have a very good friend um, and colleague who has worked with me in the past on different projects. Um, uh, his name is Sanjay Joshi, and he's mm-hmm. he's not he's not a physician, but he works at Dell. He's a strategy. He's the lead for strategy at Dell uh, EMC, and he's leading the path on artificial intelligence in many areas. So we both are working on writing up a chapter in a book, and we'll see how that goes. I love it. I love it. No, it's super. It's super exciting. And um, so you know what's really interesting. So you've you've obviously been a chief medical officer at a variety of different hospitals, medical centers across you know you know like South Carolina, uh, Massachusetts. Um, Tell me a little bit about, you know, on the robotic side and AI side, you know, sometimes you see these technologies emerging in like the major metro cities or like the innovation hubs. Are you starting to see them making out to like the rural areas, the rural hospitals, or do you see any barriers happening to, to the distribution of this, you know, these these great innovations? No, I think um, I Definitely, uh, from a robotic side, there is a lot of adoption because we do find that as people are migrating to many of these other areas, there is um, people who are interested in taking technology with them. Um, but it's also the the patient's perception is changing. I have to say this is not driven top down from by the clinicians or the providers. The patient's acceptance and the fact that they want to be able to go home in one day. And that has led to people thank God to these laptops and Google searches that people can do, they are aware that there is technology that's going to enable them to go home quickly after having a surgery done. So we find that patients are coming forward and asking us, how how can I have this procedure done or that procedure done? In fact, in South Carolina, we have, you know, Mako, that's that's a big uh, uh, procedure that's being done under orthopedics and and uh, we have XI robots in uh, Massachusetts and in in uh, South Carolina as well, where we are utilizing robotic surgery. But on the flip side, I have to say that the rural areas that you're talking about, not just our, some of the remote areas in the southern states, but even you know any other remote rural area, I have friends all over, and they tell me that the adoption of telemedicine and telehealth services in these rural places has really gone up. And the reason is because there has not been enough, there has not been good access to providers in those regions. They're just not, they're just not having enough doctors to provide care for all the patients in the state. So telemedicine has gone up significantly. We, we had a lot of telehealth services in Dartmouth for the same reason, because New Hampshire, there were many remote areas in Vermont and New Hampshire where there was no, uh, they had to drive sometimes 40 miles to see a doctor. So telemedicine was the only way they could get in touch with people. So that is another form of innovation that, you know, it's, it's uh, technology based and it's uh, uh, it's partnering the providers and the patients. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's great to see. It's great to see, you know, it in process and, and the illustrations you've given and to see uh, AI and all of these examples, robotics, um, imaging, et cetera, in action. Um, let me ask you about furthermore like pick a time horizon maybe like over the next 10 20 30 maybe a thousand years i don't know if it's that far out but um tell us your a little bit more about what's this optimistic vision of healthcare 
for you that you know in your heart we're marching towards or, or the vision that you'd like to see in healthcare. Tell us a little bit about that. Illustrate that for us a little bit. Um, I, I think I think the optimistic outlook that I would have in healthcare is the enhanced patient engagement. You know, mm-hmm. as our generations are shifting, we find that uh, obviously the millennial generation is definitely more technology savvy, and they are they are adopting technology based healthcare options pretty quickly, which means that the access to healthcare information is going to be more widespread and uh, the uh, approach to healthcare will be different. I, I, I'm not, I, I know that, you know, kiosks have come up in many places where they do telemedicine at this point um, and robots are leading the way. I think I'm going a little bit deeper than that where um, precision medicine genetic testing um people are already talking about you know in some of the asian countries um i I just got a call from someone from singapore who said that you know their geneticists have looked at um many infant uh infant um genetic disorders that have cropped up um in not just infants starting in infancy into toddler stage or uh, adolescent stage where they have looked at genetic disorders and they said how about if we uh, operationalize the rna splicing that was that was looked at before hmm. you know it, the nobel prize was won on rna splicing if it's a defect in the rna let's go ahead and splice it let's split it up take it out take out whatever is causing the mutation and then see if we can halt the disorder from progressing or completely cure it now that would be the next step that i would be optimistic about is the genetic um, genetic medicine as well as progress that's being made in precision medicine being really precise about disorders and taking care of it from the genetic perspective oh wow wow yeah super super vast um no it's it's very exciting um i guess a couple of things it's really exciting to see that you're putting frameworks around us marching towards this vision. Um, second of all, it's really fascinating that you're merging, you know, really deep medical expertise with these innovations and but with a with a really good empathy on the physician, the patient. And so it's it's really great to see these 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 uh, these elements converge. I guess um, well, first of all, I want to be sensitive to your time. This has been really great to go deeper on the body of work that you're putting together, that you're framing up. I guess if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, what would be a good way to do so? And I know you'll send us some links. We'll link to them in the show notes. But um, yeah, if people just want to reach out, say hi, have a have a conversation. What was the best way to do so? Um, I'm, I'm happy to share my uh, email. Harvard email will probably be easy. It's um, it's S Viswanathan Viswanathan S V I S W A N A T H A N at hsph dot harvard dot edu. And I do respond to emails fairly uh, in a reasonable time frame. So I'm usually <laughs> on pretty frequently. Great, great. Well, so first of all, again, this was phenomenal, really great hearing the work that you've been doing, vast background, you've seen so much, you're doing so much, but uh, if the world hasn't told you thank you today yet, thank you for your work, thank you for the innovations that you're providing in this space, 
providing framework, but also, you know, just executing upon it. So it's really fascinating to see. Love to have you back on the show. Share maybe the results. Maybe it's like a recap. Maybe we do maybe our next one here. We do a, a video one where we kind of recap. Maybe we do a live one from, from you know, day one at at the uh, the Harvard, um, you know, session or course. But uh, um, this was great. Again, thank you so much for being on the show, Somia. And uh, it was phenomenal. And to our listeners out there, again, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for people that have a passion for health in this world. Uh, Somia, thank you so much. This was great. I just uh, I just want to add one more thing for Absolutely. anyone who might be interested, including yourself. Absolutely. Uh, June, June 19, 20, and 21. June 19, 20, 21st. We, um, if you go into Harvard School of Public Health, there is a, a course that we're doing. It's an open enrollment course. It's not relating to what I started, but I am mm-hmm. talking in it. Um, it's called Preparing for What's Next in U.S. Healthcare. Mm. It's a course that's run by John McDyan. He's been doing it for a few years now. But I am going to be talking on the 20th. I believe it's on the 20th, which is Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so anyone who wants to register, feel free and let me know how I can how I can meet up with you before or after. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll definitely link to that. And um, I'm going to try and make a way to go. That's my birthday month. and it's a <laughs> That'll be awesome. I think I owe myself a birthday gift, so I'll have to. I'll have to definitely there you go. do that. So I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, thank you so much. This was great. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This is great. Thank this you for awesome. inviting me. Looking yeah, forward to fun. seeing the finals. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks. much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye.